Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Check it out. It is the ultimate training for commercial real estate brokers. It's CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, we have another great show for you today. Uh, each year, uh, Safarth Shaw puts out a report, a real estate market sentiment survey. Today, we're going to talk to Ron Gart. He's a partner with Safarth, and he's joining us on the phone. We're going to talk about the highlights. Ron, thanks for joining us, sir. Thank you for inviting me. Well, first of all, if you will, um, Ron, tell us about this market sentiment survey. How long have you guys been doing it? How is it done? How many participants are involved? And who are they? Sure. Um, we started this process in 2016 with our first survey. Uh, we have a rather large uh, list of contacts as well as clients, primarily, if not exclusively, in the real estate arena. That would be lenders, that would be owners, that would be tenants, that would be property managers, that would be entrepreneurs, that would be holders of uh, uh, securities, uh, et cetera. And I think the aggregate number on an annual basis is approximately 2,000 people who are invited to, to respond. We've gotten, uh, frankly, uh, great success over the years, both uh, in terms of response and, from a firm perspective, uh, media attention. So we think that we've gotten a foothold uh, in this uh, space, if you will. Um, and uh, frankly, from, our, from our perspective as a national real estate firm, we just thought it was important for us to be in the forefront of getting a sentiment survey out and about yeah. the community. Yeah, I like it. And uh, if you're uh, driving down the road, don't go to your phone now. But uh, if you're in your office or home, uh, we'll have a link uh, to the actual report on the show website, which is CRE show.com. Well, Ron, uh, I'd like to ask you a few questions about it, talk about some of the highlights. And one of the things that uh, seems to be impacting the, the market always uh, throughout history is uh, interest rate fluctuations uh, uh, rising and then, I guess, more recently uh, uh, decreased a little. Um, one of the things that we're always trying to do is figure out you know, what's happening down the road and what are exit cap rates going to be and you know, is it the time to sell or buy now? What are cap rates going to be and values and how might they be impacted you know, a year, two or three years down the road? So your, your survey, your participants, how do they feel about the impact of interest rates and if interest rates do rise in the future, you know, what level does this start really impacting values? Well, the interesting thing uh, about this, Michael, is that we've asked, been asking this question now for four years. And uh, each year, I would say, uh, the participants would maintain that if there was a rise of approximately 75 uh, basis points or greater, that that would have an impact on real estate. So if you go back to previous years, there, in fact, have been such increases uh, on an annual basis in looking at uh, 2017 into 2018, and sure enough, uh, I would say, uh, as a member of the community, it did not have an adverse impact on the real estate development, acquisition, and, and transactional volume. As we got into 2019, uh, remembering that we're coming out of a 2018 where the stock market had, had, had dropped precipitously, uh, the expectation was, again, that the Fed would increase rates several times, and in fact, our respondents uh, had uh, as many as three rate increases during the year anticipated 
uh, but certainly everyone, uh, 91 percent, excuse me, not everyone, 91 percent uh, thought that there would be at least one. As we've seen the economy uh, and tariffs and developments in 2019 occur, the fact is that the rates have been reduced. I think that in the community, the expectations of rising interest rates is no longer a concern or certainly not a short-term concern. Uh, there may actually be some concerns about how low interest rates will go, but not necessarily in the real estate community. Uh, low interest rates, as you know, for uh, real estate entrepreneurs, developers, and uh, participants is usually a very beneficial event, and they can then underwrite at much lower interest rates. And in fact, uh, some would argue that that has created a lot of volatility, but a lot of volume uh, for the real estate community in seeing the lower interest rates and using those and basing uh, their investment decisions on the lower interest rates into 2019 and looking into to 2020. Yeah, and for the next question, Ron, I want to ask you, when did the participants uh, respond to this? Uh, when when did you, would they do this? So we typically send our surveys out in the beginning to mid-January. We collect for about three to four weeks. Then we analyze the data and then come up with our uh, results probably the beginning of March and, uh, and try to get it out. To, to folks. Okay. So my next, the, the next discussion that is interesting based on that timetable, and, and that was how you respondents uh, were looking at co-working uh, at the time, right? So uh, yeah, what, what were they saying then? And, and, if, if for, and, and for the ones you've talked to since, you know, what, what, are, you, what are you hearing? Well, again, from our perspective, we just ask the questions and then we just try to analyze the results. But we, the, the question that was posed generally was, were you or would you be interested in uh, a co-working as investor, as landlord, uh, as occupant, and overwhelmingly the result that we got back was that there was not a demand or desire to be involved with co-working. When we got the results, frankly, the, the group that is responsible for the survey in the firm, uh, all were surprised given that there was much um, publicity about the co-working space. And at that point in time, if I recall, not only do you have, uh, at that time, uh, private entrepreneurs uh, starting their, their process, but a number of brokerage firms and, and landlords were creating their own co-working space and opportunities. So there appeared to be competition just starting at the beginning of, of that process during the, I'll say, January, uh, February timeframe. So, from our perspective, as I said, we were surprised with the results. Now here we are uh, almost a, a year later, certainly 10 months later, and you can understand that uh, skepticism would be appropriate for some of the operators of the co-working space. But in that, in, in that interim period, there in fact has been a, a lot of co-working space created, a lot of competitors uh, to the, the name brands. And uh, I don't think anyone thinks that co-working is going to go away by, by any stretch. But I think it's, it's one of those uh, elements now that if we were asked the question, and we may very well ask the question, okay, here we are a year later, now what's your perspective? That we may see many more landlords at least, and, and tenants, occupants, be interested in the co-working space. Yeah, it's interesting to see um, kind of the interest in co-working and, and also some of the challenges that tend to come up with, with some of these companies that are in these spaces. Uh, We'll save some of that for another show. Uh, I want to ask you about your participants' response 
when you ask them about opportunity zones, it seems like it, uh, it's a big subject to a lot of uh, developers, investors today. What did you hear from uh, regarding your, your respondents to that? Yeah, the, and, and the question is a little bit broader. We, we asked about their participation in, we, we, we identified as federal programs, but it was a function of like-kind exchange programs, opportunity zones, low-income housing tax credits, new market tax credits, and uh, clearly uh, there was a, a lot of anticipation at the time for investment as, uh, in opportunity zones and investment as either pure investors or developers seeking another source of capital. And that was the primary focus in terms of the responses, that, there, that a number of developers, owners, were going to look at the opportunity zone program as another source of capital, whereas a lot of the emphasis at the time was on the uh, carryover of uh, gains and so tax deferral. That was not necessarily the, the substantial motivating factor in, the, in our respondents' uh, eyes. It was really looking to raise capital, which frankly in the real estate industry probably what's the number one on the supply-demand issue, you want to have your, your, your equity lined up. You want to have your capital lined up so that you can, in fact, perform. And that's exactly what it showed. You know, clearly we can say in hindsight it makes sense, but uh, I don't know that we projected anything at the time. We just were try trying to get, gather the data, but it does make sense as, as another source of, of capital for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's interesting uh, that they're looking at it mainly as a, a capital raise opportunity when you know, it's, uh, it's interesting to see, you know, if you hold on 10 years and uh, you don't have a, uh, a tax on that appreciation over the 10 years, that uh, can be quite remarkable. But uh, I think the main thing is make sure you've got a great, great property and great sponsor to begin with. And uh, we're talking with Ron Garth with uh, SafeArth about their uh, real estate market sentiment survey. We're going to take a short break and we're going to talk about uh, some equity sources uh, moving forward into 2020 and their sentiment there and, uh, and some other aspects about development and use of properties, including uh, cyber attack. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Well, today we are talking with Ron Gart. He's a partner with Cyforth, and we're talking about their real estate market sentiment survey. And uh, Ron, one of the things I want to ask you about is, is kind of the equity stack. You know, when you when you reached out to these respondents, these participants, what they say about their equity moving forward, where they thought they would get their money. So for the last, I, I want to carry over not merely just this year, for the last two years, clearly the focus has been on private equity. Uh, about three years ago, they talked about uh, 
institutional investors, but we've seen a move in the last two years to private private equity. And are they get looking at that from um, direct sources or through crowdfunding or? No, no. I, that, at least the, the the folks that we're dealing with, uh, I would say, uh, without a doubt, w w would be direct sources. Uh, there are some that are that are using crowdfunding, but uh, we've got large, I'll say, larger developers providing large developments. Crowdsourcing or crowdfunding wouldn't necessarily fit. It might provide a, a piece, but at this point, I, I think the, the sophisticated commercial developers are, are looking at private capital. And was the sentiment basically that there's plenty of equity out there still? There is, there is a ton. Yeah, yeah. And just trying to find the right place to, to put it. And that could be either uh, on, on the development side or, frankly, uh, on the lending side. As, as you know, there are a lot of non-bank banks out there uh, also trying to deploy capital. Yeah. Yeah, when we see that, we sell investment properties in the southeast, and we're seeing a lot of demand for really every sector out there. Well, let me ask you about ride-sharing and impact there, uh, Ron. What, what are your respondents saying there? Because more and more, it seems like there's maybe less cars in some communities and more people using ride-sharing. When you're designing and, and operating uh, these properties and, and basically figuring out the analysis on them, what, what do your respondents say about that? There's, there's no doubt that uh, developers, certainly in urban areas, are taking into account ride-sharing and using that, frankly, in their arguments in seeking zoning relief, whether it's multifamily, whether it's office, whether it's retail, uh, clearly senior housing where you can make the argument that, that fewer cars are necessary. Uh, the less traffic they can uh, promote, then the more likely they, they will have the following, more density, less um, uh, objections uh, from the citizens. Uh, so, on balance, there's an expectation that ride-sharing is here to stay, and more importantly, whether or not it's here to stay, they're trying to use it as a strategy in order to get benefits in the zoning arena. Yeah, it's interesting to look at some of the properties today and, and how the ride-sharing is impacting them when, when they weren't really designed for it in the beginning. Well, and in fact, we're, we're, one of the biggest issues, obviously, it goes to cost of, of parking facilities, especially if, and I'm talking primarily in urban areas, if there's a requirement for an underground parking garage, raises the cost substantially. So if a developer can convince the zoning authorities that they don't need as much, you're talking dollars going right to the bottom line. Right, right. That's for sure. Well, one of the things that uh, is concerning a lot of uh, individuals and and companies today is uh, uh, cyber attacks, you know, both on their, maybe their operations of the facilities and, and then on just their, their, their IT uh, portion. So when you respondents, when you ask them about that, are they concerned? The right answer is there's more concern uh, that we've seen, again, over the years that we've been doing the survey. A couple years ago, I'd say uh, barely a blip. Last year, it picked up substantially. It just did. Um, and in fact, there were a number of noted uh, hacks, uh, not in, just in the retail area, but uh, in, in law firms. Um, and uh, frankly, when, when law firms themselves get uh, affected by it, it's going to affect the community. And, and without a doubt, we've seen uh, a lot of discussion, uh, both in our survey, but as members of the Real Estate Roundtable and other organizations uh, that we are uh, members of, we're seeing a lot of discussion about cybersecurity and its effects or, or potential effects 
on uh, the operations of, of developers and just frankly any business today. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And we're gonna, uh, if you're a regular show listener, check us out in a week or two. We're gonna do the show. I'll uh, give you a lot of tips to avoid the problems of cyber attacks on your operations uh, and your IT. Well, one of the things that's really big and uh, impacting real estate in some areas of the country, uh, the kind of the cannabis business, what, what did your respondents say about that? There's still a hesitancy, um, at least publicly hesitancy, uh, to say that they're going to invest or make uh, available uh, their premises primarily because of the situation that it is a controlled substance. There are issues as to forfeiture of real estate. Um, there are issues as to whether a bank may properly or lawfully lend. Uh, it used to be an all-cash business. There's been a lot more flexibility, frankly, in the last 10 months. Uh, we do have, a, frankly, a, a cannabis practice at the firm. And, and uh, we have seen a number of developments, uh, not just uh, in California or in Washington uh, or in Colorado, but the questions are coming up on a regular basis in, in all states, uh, that, uh, we, where we practice at least, and a lot of interest, if, if nothing else. Not only is it a, another way for an entrepreneur to make money, be it a, as a landlord or as a tenant and, and operator, but we're going to see, a, a, particularly going forward, with the retail situation that we've got on the bricks and sticks, with a lot of vacant space, opportunities to reuse retail space. And they all can't be fit with a refit with uh, fitness centers. They've got to find alternative use, uh, users, and cannabis uh, is one of them, at least in terms of growing cannabis. Yeah. Well, it's interesting uh, how the, that world is changing. I live in Atlanta, where we're headquartered. I, I spoke last week in San Francisco. And uh, as, as I was walking around some of the streets, uh, going places, um, I smelled a lot of cannabis, a lot of people smoking out in the streets and it seemed uh, it's like really a, it, it, what, a, what a change and uh, uh, so it seems like a, it is a kind of a big area of the economy that's, that's going to change. Well Ron when you when you look at the overall uh, results of this uh, sort of theme or, or something kind of jumped out to you? So the, the theme uh, I'd say last year was there was some caution uh, the effective interest rates uh, whether uh, cyber attacks would affect us. There, there, there was caution, but there, because at the time, the focus was, when is the cycle going to end? When is all the good times going to end? Mm -hmm. And, and I, that came across in, in our questions and, frankly, in our answers. And, and here we are, you know, 10 months later, as I said, we'll be doing a new survey. That will be another one of our themes going forward. Will people be optimistic or more pessimistic going into a 2020 presidential election year, but with now tariffs having a, a taken hold, uh, certainly the, the political volatility, because at the end of the day, uh, I think we can all say in whatever business you're in, the more volatile the business is, the more uncertainty there is, that's not a good investment environment. And we're going into 2020 with a lot of uncertainty, and I think that will affect certainly the questions that we're going to pose, but more importantly, the answers that we're going to get. Yeah. And your day-to-day -day business from, from your desk, when you talk to uh, participants in the commercial real estate world, you know, what are you getting a sense from them uh, related to how much time's left and how many, how long the good times will last? That's a very tricky question. Because um, every time I, every time you hear the answer, it's always 18 months. <laughs> it, was 18, it was 18 months, 36 months ago. Yeah. It was 18 months in January. It was 18 months in June. Um, 
so I don't know that there's a better answer than 18 months. <laughs> I like it. I've heard the, heard the same thing now that you mention it. Uh, it that seems like the, the safe answer, right? That's exactly right. Whoever, whoever's doing the predicting, they, they're safe <laughs> in 18 months. Well, Ron, final statement. What would you leave our, our listeners and viewers with related to, to uh, this survey and, and, and the results? Well, in terms of these results, the real key will be next year's results. I think that we're going to find uh, a lot of people interested in responding to surveys. I think they want to get their views out there. And I think we're going to see uh, both skepticism as to when the, the, the growth cycle will end. But generally speaking, real estate community is an optimistic bunch, and I suspect that they'll, they'll still be optimistic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like it. Well, Ron, thanks for joining us, sir. Good information. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Ron. I think uh, the, the commercial real estate market should fare well. And, you know, we're, we're, we are an optimistic bunch, right, whether we're, we're brokers, uh, developers, investors, or uh, we support them. Uh, we're all uh, optimistic. And it seems like uh, a lot of investors uh, think real estate is probably a safe haven. Uh, if you're going to be invested in the times of volatile, you might want to have some sticks and bricks in your portfolio. Well, thank you for joining us uh, this week, and uh, thanks for your comments. Thanks for sharing the show, and uh, please do reach out to us if you have any questions, concerns, or, or comments, and connect with us on your favorite social media. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com.